Hello everyone, welcome to the next episode in the series of Thinking Processes with Satya. We have him here with us. Uh, in the last episode, uh, we discussed uh, in detail as to what the thinking processes are and how do we apply them, how do we use them for uh, defining a problem correctly, which is very important. Uh, how do we reach the root causes uh, in the correct sense, in the right sense. And we also discussed about the difference between inductive logic and deductive logic or the inductive and deductive way of thinking. And we left it there to discuss more about the deductive thinking, which is quite an interesting uh, way of looking at uh, defining and discussing and analyzing problems. So we're going to go deep into the deductive logic. How does it work and uh, is it relevant for organizations and managers across the companies across the globe and then see where uh, we go from there. All right. So let's welcome Satya. Hi, Satya. Welcome to the podcast again. Hi, Subham. How are you? I am very well, Satya. How are you? All good, all good. Wonderful. So, Satya, uh, uh, we discussed about the deductive logic in the last uh, episode uh, in, a, in a brief way. And uh, you touched upon the importance of deductive logic and the difference between inductive and deductive logic. What we're going to do today is go deeper into it. So, I, I want to start... Uh, is there anything that you want to pick up from the last episode before we go ahead? Yeah. So if you see in the first episode, I, I made a claim that thinking process can be used to explore areas in organizations where data is not clean or data is not available. How do you take objective decisions um, in, in such an environment? Hmm, right. And I claim that thinking process uh, is a way to take decisions on those areas. So in fact, um, deductive logic and deductive logic is a way to do that. Okay. And, and one of the methods uh, that is used in deductive logic is called the hypothetical deduction method, which in TOC, they say it's a predicted effect thinking, right? Okay. And this, this way of thinking helps you explore areas that is uh, where, where clean data is not available and uh, uh, data is missing or, or you have variables which are not measurable in the first place. You seem to be a data skeptic, Satya. Data, if you see, it is always uh, reflects on what has happened. It will never tell you what could happen, right? So that is that is never there. So faced with this uh, situation, how do managers uh, take good decisions? And and that is why they need to learn uh, the foundation of uh, thinking process, which is the deductive logic. Right. So I am borrowing heavily from the way science has evolved by using uh, this uh, hypothetical deduction method. To explore areas where we can't reach out because of our limitations in human senses. Because in science, if you see, a lot of topics are around things which are either too big or too small or too far away from us or too much into, into the past, right? Where we have no access, right? How have scientists developed a capability to develop theories and they're very sure that those theories are right, okay? So could we look at an example here? Uh, I'm not able to really relate with you here. Yeah, so I'll I'll give you an example uh, of of a science in terms of an uh, in terms of an analogy, right? And and so that we can understand how science actually happens using uh, the hypothetical deduction method. So uh, let's let's imagine that there are um, few fishes in a bowl, okay? And the fishes are scientists, okay? Uh, it's a funny example, but yeah, we will uh, get to know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the fish in a bowl. Uh, analogy right so there is there is a bowl in a room 
and there are let's say few fishes there and remember they are in a bowl they can't move around their world view hmm. is limited to what they can see yeah so they see a room and and it so happens that it's a room of a teenager so they get to see the teenager right and being a, you know scientist their role is not limited to just eating and sleeping they are also interested to develop theories to understand what's happening around them okay so one of the scientist fish observes the teenager and finds out that there is a pattern in which he or she is waking up you know having his food going to the washroom and and he sees that there is a pattern in the daily chores okay and so he develops an equation let's call it the daily chores equation okay right and uh, the other fishes uh, validate this uh, daily chores equation and and find out it's correct it's able to predict all the behavior of this teenager now meanwhile there is another fish out there who looks at the room and sees a particular strange phenomenon happening right and that's near the door remember it's the bowl they can see what's happening in the room they don't know what is beyond that room their world view is limited to what they can see their universe is that room yeah that's that's their universe right and uh, but they are like scientists so they are not happy with what they are seeing so they are developing theories and trying to understand what's happening around them uh, so one of this fish uh, looks at the door and sees there are human beings who pop in and pop out yeah like the parents who don't stay in the room they keep coming in and they go out of the door okay so he says this is pretty strange but he also develops an equation let's call it the pop in and pop out equation okay and it is uh, he he looks into that equation but and that works pretty well and the daily chores equation works pretty well till the another fish says boss there is i see a problem in these two equations now the if you look at the daily chores equation that you have developed why is that in the room itself right when the person is moving around why does he not pop in and pop out there's something strange it assumes that only at the door you know you see a pop in pop out happening why is that in the daily chores equation you find out that it it makes an assumption that no such pop in pop out will happen in the room okay now comes the contradiction here are two theories which is now contradicting itself because there is something strange about this human being that next to the door pop in pop out happens but inside the door the daily chores equation works with a with the assumption that there is a continuity of the human being he does not vanish right right so so that that's a paradox right so so what happens is people spend the not people the fish here and spend a lot of time trying to solve this paradox and then somebody says you know what there must be another room beyond this room okay and this solves the paradox how it solves the paradox it is not that the human beings uh, you know can vanish and reappear on their own it's just that they go outside to another room and come back here okay so with this the continuity requirement of the first equation is met with the continuity requirement of the second equation so there is no vanishing happens so everybody is happy wow this is a this is a conjecture by the way this is a conjecture nobody they have no wherewithal to check whether this is really a room out there or not hmm. this is a now a conjecture which is solving the paradox the paradox of a human being vanishing and not vanishing in some situation not vanishing in some situation vanishing and reappearing so the explanation that there must be a room outside solves this and saying that there is no vanishing act out here it's just that like the teenager is staying here the parents are staying in some other room they just come through the door and go away right there is no vanishing which is happening now 
this is a fantastic uh, discovery. Maybe the fish will get a Nobel Prize for it, for finding out that there is a room outside, but it still not get a Nobel Prize. You know why? Because now what they have to do is predict some more effects from the multi-room theory. Hmm. Multi-room. But how do we know? It could be a it could be a wild guess that because nobody has, a, has seen a room, no fish has ever seen a room beyond this one. So how do we know there is a room existing? So what do they do? Right? It's it's similar to environment, no data exists, right? So how do they know they are sure? So they start predicting more effect. That if there are multiple rooms in this house, then there must be some sound that gets created in the other room, right? Should reach to us. Okay. So then they set up experiments, uh, a mechanism of sound and say, yes, you know what? There is a sound coming in, right? So this is how they will set up multiple experiments, a sound around smell, but still they don't know, uh, you know, the room. But through multiple predicted effects, which is deduced from the hypothesis of multi-room theory, they start checking each one of them and each one of them gets uh, validated. Then they say, boss, there is a very high chance that there are multiple rooms in this, you know, how. So this is how uh, science progresses. This is just a funny example to tell you. I love the example. Yeah, we live in a limited uh, environment of the earth and we can see as much, but how do we know, you know, crazy theories about uh, what happened uh, 14 billion years ago and all that? It is all through this way of hypothetical deduction method. Right. Okay. So if we can borrow this method, what, what science has done is science has solved the problem of how do you do science when data is not available? How do you do science when you can't sense things directly? Right. So they have found out this method and this method is all about a conjecture a hypothesis and deduce from hypothesis all kinds of predicted effects, right? Multi-room theory means this should happen. Multi-room theory means, you know, you should get those smell, you should get those sounds. So each one, you check each one of them. And if it stands uh, corrected, then you can say your multi-room theory is valid. But if one of them is proven wrong, then you have a serious doubt uh, about your theory. You have to throw it away. Okay. Right. That's what my concern is, Satya, here, that uh, this could take a long while to develop theories and this could take a long while to deduce effects as well and predict effects which have not yet happened. Don't you think so? While when we have data, we uh, simply look at a pattern and use that for making future predictions. Yeah, so that that I know it's an easier job because you see the data and, and, and then you can predict theories. So a lot of science, as I said, is developed that way, in particular the science of the observable world, yeah. which is the way the cars move or the you know apple falling down. All this is our observable world, and we can develop theories by looking at at the data and identifying a pattern. But when it goes beyond that, this is the only method that we know as of now that we conjecture, we we predict, okay, and then we run experiments to see whether those predictions have come right or not. And if it has come right then you know we accept that this is this theory is, is correct and that is how we move but um, does it require uh, it requires a thinking capability but it also requires your ability to develop those working theories from which you have to predict like for example in this case the fish is able to develop a theory of multi room which is the act of creativity in a way because he is able to visualize that you know this is my theory and from there i will i'll predict Right. So it is to that extent, it is creative. It is. Yeah. Right. So we will talk about we will talk about how to reach to that hypothesis first. Right. And, and that's I think is your question. That how do you reach to that hypothesis? And from there you can predict and then you run the test to see whether those 
partner happening or not yeah but i tell you in in case of uh, management and it, it looks so difficult in the example of fish but in case of management you can do it on a day to day basis and 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 you'll be much better off like yeah, let me give you an example so let us let us look at an example in the business context yeah in the business context so you know we you know we do a lot of work in the space of operations and supply chain right and um, one of the uh, areas that we do a lot of consulting work is around improving the delivery performance of organizations right and and you commit something to the customer are you really delivering things on time as per the desired lead time so that's that's one area that we work right and you won't believe uh, you know we get requests from clients calling us say that can you have a look into our organization and uh, so in one case uh, we got a request coming in from the ceo that I, i think something is not right can you can you come in right so we came in we met the supply chain head and i'm going to t- tell you how deductive thinking is being used in our conversations right so i we walk into the supply chain head and he said that you know we are such and such guys you would have seen the ceo's letter we are talking about on time performance so can we get more information about that right he said boss what we don't have on time delivery problem okay So you don't have on time delivery problem no not at all or if you look into our data our delivery performance is is in the high 90s right now just imagine what what should be running in our mind as a consultant you are coming there right what should be running in your mind this guy is saying i have data i have a data okay and and that data is uh, he's saying that boss i have i have a very good on time performance and the ceo has called us yeah for on time delivery improving on time deliveries yeah Now how do you react to this situation you first find out who is saying the right thing <laughs> yeah so but the, maybe maybe both are right okay and how is that like for example that's that's how you start looking at things that look if the on time delivery was good there is no way the ceo would have called you correct okay this is this is the first i'm i'm trying to deduce if the on time delivery was good there is no way the ceo can call us Yeah, he doesn't want to spend his money for uh, no reason. Obviously, yeah. Yeah, he's calling you, right? He's he's, he's called you, and uh, and and it's not that you know him. That's why he's called you. He's called you uh, for help by looking at our work in yeah as a professional, and you know that. And here is a guy saying, "Boss, on time is is uh, perfectly fine, right?" And 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 the data shows it's fine. Now tell me, in your mind, what should you start thinking? i'm saying what could be wrong in this environment there is a person who saying that the on time is good and there is a person who saying on time is bad okay so defining how is the on time defined perfect so you have started now started now instead of falling into a trap of these you think boss yes that's the next uh, question think boss tell me how are you measuring this on time right delivery okay that's that's the and remember this is by by a, a hypothetical deduction method you arrived at this question that please tell me how are you measuring this on time because i feel that if this guy is right and this guy is right then the only way is that the formula could be at at a problem that he is saying that as per formula i'm right and that guy must be saying as per intuition i am right okay so we discover more and we say okay great he says i you know i how do you calculate and and we found out after discussions that he is using lot of ways of calculation which are internally focused like for example he is revising the dates uh, it is as per the latest revised dates he is taking a liberty of for you know plus minus one week of uh, delay is considered as on time so you look at all those assumptions loopholes yeah. and yeah and and he said this is the way we calculate said, okay this is not the way to calculate but 
your customer is very sensitive about uh, you know a single day delay that's the environment you are in so would you calculate these numbers uh, can you find me the numbers if you take a single date and and you deliver in full on that day if you miss a single quantity or a single item or and you miss a day it should be disqualified from the on time calculations and say can you do the calculations again now he might say oh no no i i it will take a lot of time for me okay and you can say boss can you tell me intuitively what is your on time performance as per this new calculation he might he might say because i don't know right now what should be a conversation next right the very important fact is he is claiming that his on time delivery is very good okay now let us predict few more effects that we can uh, that we expect to see in a very high on time delivery performance now i am i don't want this meeting that i'm having right now to get into some kind of a data crunching analysis show me the data I, I i just found out that data the formula is wrong i still don't want to get out of that room and seek for data i want to still use the hypothetical deduction method to find out whether reality is as good as is saying can i make a conclusion in that meeting so let let's apply this so i am saying a company which has got a very high on time delivery performance right what should not happen in that company there should be no stress or no exigencies no what do you say changing priorities and uh, last minute changes into the you know the deliveries or the structure or the ways of sending your uh, material out yeah so uh, you know a lot of people uh, do all that and still make on time happen right so yes i mean uh, a good on time performance company should not have these kind of change of priority but people might say you know what that, those are the special efforts i put in to get on time delivery performance right so my end customer is happy is the claim let's say okay now you know that you are in a situation where you seriously doubt it and i don't want to depend on data i don't want to say please collect the data and let's evaluate and then god knows what data he'll collect i want to be in this meeting and conclude that there is a problem without opening a single data out there right just using hypothetical deduction method so let's understand if the on time delivery is very good how should customers be feeling about this organization should be feeling great about it at least no delivery based complaint so which means what should be happening that there must not be any phone calls coming in which is like people shouting expediting customer calls would be very very negligible okay correct so then you can ask the question that do you get often customer complaints about deliveries you know almost shouting at you do this do you get this kind of calls does your planner get this kind of calls the answer if this is yes in this case it was yes by the way yes 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 we keep on getting these calls right okay so you know one predicted effect got ticked okay so i park it i say i i have to make another predicted effect another deduction from the theory that the on time delivery is very good right repeat customers yeah repeat business that is on one side is about the customer right uh, customer being happy or unhappy right i want to make another another side just just let's not expand on that because if you expand on that there are this case of repeat business and all that and repeat business also depends on how the industry is performing by the way if everybody is lousy on on time they won't have a problem but i want to now look at another predicted effect little outside this domain that we just covered which is the impact on customers right there's another one that we can make for example okay we can make one assumption here which is a valid assumption that the customers required date should be spread all across the month their need by date it should be spread it should be random across the month correct yeah it should be random correct it should be random there should not be any pattern right 
Now I ask them the question, do you have a delivery skew at the end of the month? Right? And, and in this case, I got an answer. You know what? Our 60% of our deliveries happens in the last week. Okay? Now I say, boss, if 60% of the deliveries are happening the last week, are you telling me that 60% of your customers want delivery in the last week? This is how they have requested for business. What is the business that they are doing that they are requesting everything by the month end? Now, then he's like, oh, I, I never thought of it like that. Then he say, boss, you are getting continuous customer complaints. You are also having a skewed delivery. Do you think that you are there is a there is a problem of on time? It is it may not be, you know, uh, it may not be bad, but there is a huge uh, problem around this deliveries. Yes, I I I suspect. Okay, now let's look into the data. Now let's let's validate what we have said by looking into the data. But by this time, he is also convinced that there is a problem. Okay, so what did I do here in this method? What I did is I I went in and I started saying that okay, if your theory is right. My hypothetical deduction, I deduce from this theory multiple predicted effects right. across different areas, around customer satisfaction, around the way deliveries happen, right? And I try to check which one of them is, uh, is right. Now, if all of them are right, then there's a good chance the theory is right. But if one of them is wrong, or let's say all of them are wrong, definitely what you're saying is wrong, right? So now look at this, how much data I needed to, to arrive at a conclusion that there is a problem. And there is a you suspect it very strongly that there is a problem, right? And that is enough for us to look into data. I'm not saying don't look into data and just yeah, next yeah, step is I get what you're saying, yeah. But before you start saying that I want to search a specific data, you are already mentally very sure that there is there is an area of reasonable doubt, okay? This is wonderful. I, I really uh, love the example, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and there, there are funny things that happens in meetings, right? For example, I attended a, a meeting of one of these uh, companies which is into selling packaged food, okay? So it was a sales uh, meeting. And in meetings, what happens is people uh, throw hypothesis. And a hypothesis as a statement of this is happening because of that, right? A cause and effect statement. Explanation which somebody, you know, pulls out of the hat in a meeting and presents it. And there are people who doubt it. Like for example, in this case, uh, the sales were going a little flat and the CEO was asking, guys, what's happening? Why the sales is uh, going flat? Remember, everybody is eager to give up because in a business meeting, everybody says that because I know the answer, right? So you ask the sales guys why it is happening. And by the way, every different people have a different because to it. That's a different topic altogether. But you ask the sales head and the sales head says, in this case, what he said, you know, the customer's taste in our product category it's just going away. People are no longer liking our product. Okay. And okay. that is how the sales are down. Now it could be correct also. It could be correct also. Now, now there is this production guy who felt threatened in this meeting and saying, boss, that means you are pointing out to our R&D and all those things. Or maybe you are pointing out to our quality or something else or other. So he, he's become defensive. So he, he does not like this hypothesis, right? So his immediate reaction was, how do you know that the customer taste is uh, coming down? Which is a very valid question, I think. Right? And, and the CEO said, okay, guys, we need to do a survey. Now, this, I think, is a, is a very pathetic approach to deal with this problem. Okay. Why? Because look, look here, you are sitting in a meeting, data is not available. Now, instead of using a, a method, which I said, a hypothetical deduction method, you started saying, please give me the data. 
So please do a survey and get me the data. Then only I will decide. This is the problem that I am saying that every time you face an area of unknown, people say, I need, I need data. Hmm. Right? Every time you face an unknown area in management, people say, I need data. I am helpless. Correct. I am trying to say you are not helpless. Now, in this case, let's take this example. Now, you will appoint a market research agency. God knows he will do a survey, what sample size he will collect, how he will define taste. Lot of these things will be done and God knows when that report will come out. Now, I'm, I'm making a challenge that in that meeting, can you make a few predicted effects to check the validity of this, uh, of this claim? Okay, can we make some kind of a predicted effect, right? Yeah. So if the taste of the product category, the customer is not liking the taste, if that is the case in the entire product category, what must happen? Can you predict? The other uh, similar products or similar tasting products would also not be selling. In fact, what, what should also happen is that the competition sales should also be you know going down. Correct, exactly. Correct. So one of the important questions that can be asked in that meeting is, was what's happening to the competition sales? Or, or for that matter, what's happening? So if you say, my competition sale is going up, then you say, boss, I, I now doubt this entire hypothesis. So this is, this is the thinking approach that is required to deal with subject where, uh, where data is not available. So Satya, you're claiming that in the same meeting without going outside that room, we can actually come to the real problem and the root cause for this is it or we can have at least few theories which we can you know have we can we can falsify we can see we can be sure of one thing we can falsify we can take away theories which are which should be taken out within right what stays back see what stays back has to be checked with proper data and all because as i said in the example of the on-time performance that we discussed we still had to look at the data at the end you know, but, but we are reasonably sure. So what happens is you throw away bad theories out. Okay. So you have a method of, of filtering out bad uh, theories and what the good one stays, either you run an experiment or you do a data check again so that you are sure of things. So, uh, like you said in this example, and I love both the examples, deductive thinking, the way you've presented it uh, until now is not perfectly decisive, right? We still have to go to data to acknowledge and validate the hypothesis that we have, right? Yeah. And not a cause and effect hypothesis, just the hypothesis itself, right? So there's uncertainty and uh, variability in the environment as well. And we cannot be really sure of our conclusions just by thinking is what you're saying. Yes, you are right. I mean, we can't be sure about thinking because reality has a lot of things uh, hidden out there, right? So what this hypothetical deduction method does is, it is a very... I would say a non-empirical way of filtering out bad thinking or bad theories. Okay. Okay. So that the good ones stay. Now, when the good ones stay, you got to run an experiment to check whether this is really happening or not. And that experimentation will tell us, okay, is this cause and effect happening? Now, if it is a case of innovation that you have not done anything before, then you do an you know, experiment which is forward-looking, right? I, I make some changes and see whether this is happening or not. Now, if it is a analysis of a, or diagnosis of an event that has happened, you do a data crunching of the past to see whether, you know, that thinking that we have done is, is reflecting in the data or not. Okay? 
All right. Whether, whether you are trying to innovate something, then hypothetical deduction method first helps you bring out good ideas on the table and weeds out the bad ideas. And then, then you can run an experiment and you can be reasonably sure that this experiment would fructify, right? And experiment might surprise you a little, but then you modify after that. Okay, so uh, Satya, the example is great. I think I love the example and how you describe it. Uh, it's very powerful. But again, this is, we have been doing this for years. The operations is your field, sales is your field. Why don't we look at an area which you've not had really experience with, you've not had any clients in, and still we could apply deductive thinking. Because, you know, you are an experienced one at deductive thinking. What about someone who is new to it? So I want to see how do we do uh, in a new environment. Okay. So um, I will take an example of, uh, okay, let me first agree that you have a fair point that what happens is uh, with a lot of experience, you have a lot of these hypothesis theories that you have in your, uh, in your armory and you can do predicted effect from there, right? That's, that's one way, right? But uh, you can also do it in an environment where you don't have, uh, let's say, much experience. And I'm talking about a company which called us and said that, can you do something in our marketing? Okay. And at that point of time, we didn't do a lot of work in marketing. So when, when it was marketing, it was all about how do I position my product, right? And, and at that point of time, now we have started doing a lot of work in marketing. But at that point of time, we were new to that area of marketing, these topics of how do we position our product. Those are topics which are new to us. Uh, we were more in, okay, you know, can you fix something that is broken, right? This is about creating a new value perception in the, in the mind of a customer. So one of the typical ways, right, uh, what people do uh, when they are given such a job is to go and do a survey, a market survey, and then you go and ask the customers and they start bitching and moaning and you list down a list and, and you say that, you know, 20% of the customers complained about delivery, another 30% complained about uh, prices being too high, another 20% said because you, your call center is not responsive. So you have got a huge list of pitching and moaning and then you look at okay what all i can do about it maybe you you said i can't i don't have resources and time to deal with everything so let me pick up the top one and two that's a typical way you know people approach this right and if you see um, you know one of the giants uh, in in the field of innovation which is steve jobs is is uh, very much against um, market service and he says that customer doesn't know what they need right and and because they have not experienced the new things that the brand is about to present. So if you ask them, they'll always complain in context of what they have already experienced. So he said that it is a responsibility for us to actually think through the next innovation. So when he used this word, think through, and I, I suspect that he talked about uh, deductive logic. Of how, how do you think through and identify? Because you see, thinking is, is a very wild game. Anybody can think anything, right? So how do you converge and uh, say that this is the right thing to, to experiment, or this is the right thing to you know, plan your R&D around, right? So we said, okay, let's apply the deduction logic with the limited knowledge that we have. You need some basic starting point, right? And he said, well, let's find out what is the, the unmet need of the customer? What is the real uh, big pain point that even the customer will not be able to verbalize, right? So let's understand it from the first principles of thinking. And, and so we said, okay, what's your environment? He said, boss, uh, this is Genset and, and who's your customer? I think the big construction builders, they take our Genset. 
then you know subsequent question what uh, what all they had this list of uh, you know the market survey which talked about lot of problems marketing and, activities yeah. yeah no they had this survey results which said that 20% complained about deliveries 30% uh, talked about uh, cost being very high we said okay let's park this everything right aside and let's look at real issue that is happening right and then let's think through this before we go and do data crunching so the one of the things that is for sure is that most of the construction projects are delayed right you would agree most of the construction projects yeah. in, in this country are delayed every yeah you, we can be reasonably yeah. sure that's that's one hypothesis that is uh, there now let's imagine that if if most of the construction projects are delayed and there is a planner right who has to place an order for genset about 3 to 4 months before his real requirement because that's the lead time of uh, getting a genset so 3 to 4 months before his requirement he has to place the order now looking at the fact that the projects uh, are delayed okay what do you think is the big dilemma of the planner who is going to place the order when to order when to order is going to right because you know what not only projects are delayed but we also know that projects are are also unpredictable unpredictable in the sense that i think it will be on time and it got delayed nobody knows what is going to happen 4 months before right Uh, things can go wrong things can so if you have a very ambitious planner he might say boss i can get things done it will happen in a very short period of time if you have a very pessimistic planner saying boss things will be delayed so the problem of the procurement guy is should i place the order now okay now let's look at this if he places an order there could be two problems that should come up right and, and remember all this i'm doing is through a hypothetical deduction method i have taken what what is the information i have i have information that projects are delayed projects are unpredictable the lead time of delivery of a genset is about 4 months and i am saying hence i i conclude i i deduce from this facts that any planner on that project would face a big dilemma while placing an order correct should i place today or should i wait a little more right because if if the order is placed today and the project is gets delayed that means the genset will arrive much ahead of time which means that his working i am losing money yeah yeah you are losing your working capital is is blocked plus pilferage and all those things right on the other hand if the genset ordering is too late right and 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 reaches the site late then the project is delayed where you are losing you know crores so in this environment just let's take uh, facts together and try to deduce what is the customer's real need which he may not even verbalize in the survey right so here is the customer which is the guy who's placing the order he has a big dilemma should i place the order now or should i place the order little later okay now he faces this dilemma so it is not about on time in fact he has a problem of early delivery also okay if you if you if your genset is ready say boss i don't want it and then you are over his neck and saying boss you take it otherwise you know this order gets diverted so he knows this kind of a problem right now tell me what is his real need is it really on time delivery what is his real need his real need is it should come when he wants it and not when he has ordered for it correct which means what okay i mean the the best thing that can happen in this environment is so the inventory should be available actually the best thing is can he order as late as possible yeah that's the real need can he order as late as possible because if he is very close to the event right if he is very close to the event then his forecast accuracy is far better wonderful which means what 
if the lead time of the genset is let's say seven days right if the lead time of genset is seven days then this dilemma is solved okay yeah there's a huge customer problem that the company is solving right now so when we went around asking okay i want a on time delivery okay in four months i want a on time delivery performance that is not re- is real problem his real problem is is this dilemma should i place an order early or should i place order because at times i land up in a working capital problem and at times i have a delayed construction project because of a genset right so now we said you know what we will build a supply chain which will guarantee seven days delivery okay and we call up our customers and say please place orders as late as possible now just imagine this this is now a a thinking hypothesis this is epic <laughs> yeah this is a thinking hypothesis that put on the table we are not sure we have to you know experiment it and so we went around did the experiment and 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 it clicked in the market okay and it clicked only in the builder segment it it didn't click in some segments but in the builder segment it clicked big time okay so this is how as i said that you know you can you can you can think and and try to come out with a with a solution without depending on data right you actually think of a reality validate it through a thinking process and then you do the experiment and and and, uh, and collect the data right so i i suspect uh, the uh, the you know when giants like steve jobs said i don't need a market survey i need my guys to think through this i suspect that he talked about this process the the process of uh, using the hypothetical deduction method to to look at what is there in the unknown so this is then you know customer said oh wow this is what we wanted we never thought this is possible so if you ask me i i can never imagine somebody giving me a genset in 7 days i can't ima- imagine that so i can never uh, you know give that respond uh, response in a in a survey you're changing the way the industry is defined it's a made to order industry you're making it a made to supply yeah it is still yeah it yeah it, it called for you know stocking models in a way in a way yeah it is it's called for different stocking models and all that there was a lot of intermediate stocking but that's that secondary i'm saying that the the marketing strategy was developed using using a thinking process without uh, you know the survey came later we just went out and said that would you like something like this then said wow we'll like it will it work or not yeah this is great uh, satya so uh, i i totally understand the power of deductive thinking i think I am interrupting you in a way because we've shot much over time like always yeah. because it's lovely to have a conversation with you but what we'll do uh, in the next episode is set the ground rules for uh, good and constructive deductive thinking and uh, then look at some of the tools if we can as to how we can you know how can someone who's very new at it start developing these and start using these right is there anything that you would like to end with No sure so uh, i think the uh, the rigor of thinking is is very important and and that is uh, underestimated in this world that thinking requires a rigor right and we 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 have a rigor in uh, in maths and english every every subject that we read there is a rigor you're right thinking thinking is is left alone thinking also has its own grammar and 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 we should have a rigor around that so so yes we will talk more about in our next podcast Wonderful. Great. Thanks a lot Satya uh, and thank you to all the listeners for giving your time. I'm sure you're loving the podcast. Do share your feedback on the social media handles that we have. The links are in the details and you can also visit our website for many more articles on similar topics and much more. Thank you. This is Shubham signing off. Bye bye.